Good morning. It's Monday, May the 4th. We're reading through 1 Kings chapters 8 and 9 and Luke 23 verses 39 through 56. That's the reading for the morning. And I want to help you by giving you a little overview, remind you some of the things that are happening here. We have the glory of God coming into the temple. The ark is brought into the temple that Solomon had just constructed. Interesting statement that only the tablets are in the ark at this point. Ark, by the way, means just box. It's a box. Of course, that box represents God's covenant with the Israelites. It is to represent in a symbolic way God's presence among them. Of course, God is omnipresent, but there's a focalized attention that God gives to Israel, and it was manifested there in a cloud. But that picture of God's glory is um, described with this uh, this box and this elaborate room that was created called the Holy of Holies and that God had instructed to be created. The uh, box itself uh, only contains the tablets at this point. I say that because in the book of Hebrews it says it originally contained the rod that was budding, the almond rod that was budding that showed that Aaron would be the priest and also the jar of manna that reminded them of God's provision in the wilderness. Now, remember, the ark's been in a lot of places, been into battle. It was captured by the Philistines, we saw in 1 Samuel. So, um, you know, at some point we lost the uh, manna and the rod, but at this point the tablets are in it and the tablets of the Ten Commandments, and that is a clear statement that that's only what's left. Nevertheless, there's dedication of the temple. There are sacrifices that are given. And then in chapter 9, God promises to establish Solomon's reign if he would be faithful, if he would have integrity like his father, which is interesting because, of course, his father had some notorious sins on his record, but it was about the integrity and uprightness of his heart, even in his own failures. And God was looking for that in Solomon and had exhorted him to do that. So a good challenge there from 1 Kings chapters 8 and 9. Our New Testament reading in Luke 23, uh, we see Jesus now on the cross. It's a short section that we're reading, but don't lose the powerful statements here that should inform our theology. The thief on the cross. What a great thing. I was sharing the gospel today with a gal on the phone and talking about the thief on the cross. It's just a great picture of what we need to do. Trusting nothing in ourselves, nothing in our own deeds, our, our resume, our background, our church going, our giving, any of those things. We're trusting in Christ alone and Christ saving that thief on the cross and saying as he transfers his trust to Jesus, today you'll be with me in paradise. There couldn't be a better picture of God's grace. I know I quote that all the time. I talk about the thief on the cross all the time because it couldn't typify any better uh, than that, the grace of God, the grace of the gospel. So uh, the thief on the cross, picture the gospel, the veil is torn. Uh, interesting as the ark is being brought into the uh, temple and the veil is being placed there in front of the ark. Now it's torn in the new covenant here as Christ dies, the inauguration of a new season and the obsolescence of the old covenant. So our um, directive for the community, as I've been calling it, I guess, uh, it's the one another that doesn't state it in a one another that I'm going to bring you to today is in the next verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, which is packed with a lot of good things for us, how to interact with each other. And 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says that we would urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle. So he's talking to those that are there in the community saying, if you see people that are idle, 
you need to exhort them. You need to admonish them. There's our word, nutheteo, uh, by the way, that we've run into many times. And in our church, we're familiar with it. Uh, we've even had a conference called that, which reminds us that we have an opportunity, not only an opportunity, but we have a responsibility when we see things in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ to deal with those. Of course, we do it out of love. We do it guarding ourselves. Certainly, the closer your relationship, the more responsibility you should feel in that regard. But here it says to admonish the idle. The idol, those who are in the context of First Thessalonians, are busybodies. They're literally, it means a non-ordered life. They're not, they're, they're, they're um, lazy. They're not disciplined. They're not doing their work. They're not pulling their weight. Uh, as one commentator puts it, he takes that word and describes it at length, and he calls it, uh, he, he summarizes it well. He says, these are the loafers in the community. And he says, they should be stirred up to have a Christian work ethic. So I, I don't know, this is a hard one for us, but we need to remember, you may feel like you're meddling, but if you can stir and encourage others to work hard, to remember that great proverb in Proverbs 6, to go to the ant and recognize you don't have to have someone over your shoulder as a taskmaster pushing you. You ought to learn to be self-disciplined and to move forward in your life, uh, producing and doing what God has called you to do, uh, not necessarily uh, chasing some kind of economic dream uh, or trying to rise through the corporate ladder, but it's about you being someone who works and does your work and does your work well. And if you've got people around you in your circle, in your small group, and if you can stir them and encourage them, and even if you have to, in those proper context to admonish them, to nuthoteo them, to exhort them. Many sermon I called it at one point in this series uh, to uh, be to work, to get to work, to do your work and to do it well, to do it for the Lord. Uh, that would be our challenge today, to admonish the idol. And so I hope that you're being helped and prompted in your reading of the scripture by having this every morning. Be sure to subscribe and comment is good. It's not just good for me, but it's good for those that are also participating in this and reading through the Bible. So if you've got an insight or a comment, we'd love to see it on our comment list. And we'll be back again tomorrow as we continue reading through the Bible.